Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochilillo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo. And uh, today we have Kitsy Duncan from the Oddity Files as our guest. Uh, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Sorry about that. The intro always makes me laugh. <laughs> it's so hard to take seriously. I love it. So uh, it looks like you've been busy the last few months writing a new book. I have been. Yeah. You know, when life gives you a pandemic, you write a book. <laughs> you know? That's great. Um, so, so is that what did it? You were just bored and said, no, what? I got to find something to do. So you wrote a book. Um, a friend of mine reached out. You may or may not have heard of Mr. Dave Schrader from the Holzer Files. And he's like, so Kitsy, you ever think of writing a book? And I always, you know, add that little, he sounds nothing like that. He's from Minnesota. So there's a little bit of that accent going on there. But, um, and I'm like, well, not in like the last five years. Why do you ask? And he's like, well, I've got these awesome friends and they have a publishing company and I think you should talk to them. And I'm like, sure. You know, I've got, I don't have anything going on right now. Let's do it. So I got in touch with Beyond the Fray Publishing. They're absolutely amazing, super supportive, and are able to fix my typos, which is key for me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they're like, can you write? And I'm like, well, I mean, I, I write stories for my podcast every week. Does that count? <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're like, well, why don't you send us like a little opener? So I did. And they're like, yeah, we're down. Let's do this. And they gave me, thank God, a due date when everything needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I totally waited to the last minute and wrote it all, you know, in the last month I had to write it. So I thought you were going to say you wrote it in one night. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am not an overachiever. <laughs> so, um, so how did you start the book? Like, like, like um, you know, like for me, when I wrote my book, one of the hardest parts was actually starting it, trying to find a place to begin. Well, since it was, it is my first book, I just started at the beginning, the beginning of me and my paranormal journey. And it seemed like the logical place to start. So that's what I did. And I talked about a little bit about what, why I do what I do now and and how I got to where I am. And then I, I dive right into the investigations. Wow. So how did you get into this? So I was terrified of this until I was in my mid thirties, anything ghostly, paranormally, poltergeisty scared the shit out of me. And I wanted nothing to do with it. And then my dad passed away um, at a very young age of 53 and I just wanted to know he was okay. I wanted to know he wasn't just sitting in a box somewhere. I wanted to know that he was able to reach out. And the fact that I thought he was like checking in on me for, you know, for somebody who's terrified of ghosts, I was mm -hmm. like, 
you know, I think my dad might be here now and it wasn't so scary. So I kind of binged every single paranormal and investigative show on cable and YouTube and just kind of watched what other people were doing. And I realized they weren't dying. They weren't being maimed. And it was really just a lot of lights flashing on little pieces of equipment. So I'm like, well, this isn't very scary. That's true. Unless you're watching uh, that show with Zach. You know, though, how often do they get maimed? I've you never, know, it's mostly I've, I've Aaron never, tripping I, over shit. I, yeah, I've never seen them get maimed. I've seen them run yeah. and, and scream. Yeah. Well, the, and, my, my gateway drug to all of this. Do you remember the Kling Brothers? I think it was Paranormal Lab or Ghost Lab. Ghost That's Lab. Yeah, I remember that one. And I was like, you know, every time something gets scary, these guys just yell at the ghosts. This can't be so scary. I'll just pull out my mommy voice and be fine. Come to find out that's not how you do it at all and why they only got two seasons. But, you know, it's just, I will say after writing this book and going through and rereading it before they the submitted the, fin the final product to Amazon, I... It's the spirits that actually taught me how to investigate. It wasn't watching stuff on TV. It wasn't reading books. It wasn't the YouTube tutorials or podcasts or anything like that that taught me the real things, the important things about paranormal investigating. It was the spirits themselves. Right. And that's one of the things that makes your approach different. Uh, I think we talked about last time is that you're kind of actually like nice to them. You don't really do, you don't provoke them or do seances really or anything. You just kind of hang out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it, another thing, you know, um, going back and excuse me, <clears throat> so sorry, it's this weather, um, kind of going over and, 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 you know, it's like my paranormal investigative career was all laid out in front of me when I was writing this. And these spirits are just, they're people. And I treat them probably better than people that are breathing and in the blocking the aisle in the grocery store. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I, I show a, an immense interest in mm -hmm. what they have to say. And I really feel that if people, especially people that are into paranormal investigating, treat these spirits with empathy and treat them like they want to be treated, I think they would get better evidence than yelling at them or just sitting there asking the same question over and over in a dark room. Wow. I, I, I do agree. I, I, I definitely do. Like I've done some paranormal investigating myself and, um, and I never did that either. I never did any screaming or shouting or anything like that. Um, you know, I would just ask politely and, and see what happens. Um, I mean, there was one time I spent the night in the morgue at an insane, an and abandoned insane asylum. That was kind of spooky, but. Oh, yeah. The places <clears throat> will totally spook you out more than anything else, especially when you're in like a huge asylum and it's you and just a few other people mm -hmm. and you hear that noise down the hall. That's that's bound to creep anybody out. But, you know, I kind of look at it as 
whatever that noise was, whether it was a door shutting or something falling or, you know, whether it's paranormal or not, well, I take that back. Whatever it is, it's them reaching out. Mm -hmm. It's them saying, hey, I'm here. Keep trying. And um, I would like to communicate with you. Um, Do you have like a debunking process that you go through when you collect evidence to make sure that it's, you know, not a heater turning on or something like that, the wind blowing? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, while I'm investigating, I'm so in tune to everything that's going on around me just for that factor. And since we have so many cameras running at once, when we were filming oddity files, we'd make sure to mark that. Now that always didn't show up in an episode because it's no fun to say, oh, I just debunked this. So I just leave the whole instance out altogether. Um, What do you think of like uh, when people, and I'm sure you've seen your share of these two pictures of dust (laughs) that people, yeah, well, I mean, I think orbs are a valid thing, but, um, you know, know, they have to kind of be moving in an intelligent manner usually, and they have to have some kind of glow to them, I would believe. Absolutely. You know, 99% of it is just dust. I mean, I'll be filming in my office and there's a really beautiful, like little ball of dust flying by and even when I'm filming for like my Patreon page I'm like that was dust don't worry about it you know Mm -hmm. unless the only time I've been blown away by anomalies let's call them anomalies is if it's shaped oddly and in no way a circle Um, it almost looks like smoke that'll make me wonder. And I never say it's 1 million percent paranormal. I'll just say, look, this is pretty weird. And actually in the episodes, I'm like, why don't you tweet us and tell us what you think? Because we're Mm -hmm. not sure what this is, but even the round orbs for lack of a better word, unless they're emitting their own light source and nine times out of 10, unless they're like, blinking on and off with their own light source because you don't know what's in that dust particle it could be a little bitty piece of a diamond that's reflecting all this ir light you have shining into this room so it's gonna look like it's glowing like the north star that's out there right now (laughs) you know but i've had a couple um that i've captured where they actually pulsate light and those kind of make me go hmm now do i automatically say they're paranormal absolutely not because i don't have proof i say they're not normal i say this is something i I very rarely see at one place before we started filming for amazon prime we had received this it wasn't even like a ball of light it was a pinpoint of light that just kind of rolled across the floor and then up a wall and then out from out of the room from the little crack between the wall and the door. I still to this day cannot even explain what that was that I saw. And the way it moved was like a bug, but it was so tiny and there's no way this bug would have reflected the IR light like it, like Mm -hmm. it did. So that one still has me 
puzzled. I had seen somebody else get similar evidence from that same location. So it may just be something that happens at that location because I'd never seen it again since. Did it actually pass through like a solid object or through the door itself? You know, it kind of looked like it went through the crack in the door. So I don't know. I don't know that one. And just the way it moved, it was it was kind of like just weird, just really weird. Almost like, you know, if you're looking down on a maze and watching a mouse go through a maze, that's what it looked like. It was really weird. So um, how close do you think our reality is to the spiritual reality or wherever the spirits are? Do you think we all share the same space and are just in a different dimension? That's an excellent question. And I really don't know the answer to that, but you think about it and, you know, especially these spirits that haunt these locations where they had been in a past life, almost stay in certain rooms. So it's, I don't know if, if their reality is mapped out similar to our reality. I can't imagine it's the exact same though. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just completely making this up because nobody knows. But my personal opinion is it's a different reality, but it's it's just slightly different. Right. It's always kind of, I find it really fun to kind of theorize on this topic, you know, because um, sometimes, too, like, like you mentioned, like the phenomena will usually exist within the same space over and over again. Um, you know, now some people just cause it, you know, we'll, we'll say, oh, it's the, a residual type of energy. Um. But what, you know, sometimes I think is uh, it's almost like a part of a person gets left behind. Yeah. Now, I again, it has to be that, you know. I mean, you know they don't have a physical form, but how is it sometimes that we can actually see a full-bodied apparition with a physical form? Is it them like trying to show us through our brain cells what they look like, or is it actually something that's projected right in front of us. We don't know. Right. I mean, it's, I would assume it's probably both uh, because, because there's so many evidence that's been caught on camera of apparitions and shadow people and, you know, and I think in other incidents, instances also, it seems like they just appear to one or two people are able to see it, but not everybody. And do they choose those people or is it just those people have the wavelength to see these spirits? Those are the questions we right, need to answer. Right. Yeah, definitely. This, that's a topic that I have covered a lot lately is uh, vibrational energy and how everything that we, everything, our entire reality is created out of vibration. And just mm -hmm. by, by changing vibrations, we can change reality itself and like maybe the cells of my body or my brain are vibrating to a similar frequency that the entity is vibrating at that's why one person might be able to see it and another person may not yeah absolutely and sometimes it's like you know one person sees a lot more let's say you're part of a team and there's that one team member that sees everything but nobody else really sees it is it just the vibration that that investigators at 
that they're on the wavelength to see that it's, it's so many questions, so many questions and like not a lot of answers. Do you ever find it difficult to balance like, you know, the idea of seeing something that is only being experienced by the mind versus the stuff that's being picked up by technology? You know, that's one neat thing about, so I'm an empath. I call it my crazy because sometimes I see things that the crew members don't. Sometimes I hear things that the crew members don't, but I've been told by um, other psychic mediums that this is, this is the wavelength I'm on. You know, I'm fortunate and I get to see some of these things and hear some of these things that other people don't. I totally lost my train of thought, man. Where were we? <laughs> we were talking about you're crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I think it's just some people, maybe it's because I'm more open-minded about this. And honestly, the longer I do this, it's like the more I, it's not the more I see or the more I hear, but the more it all just kind of comes together and when something I hear or see is backed up by the evidence, like let's say we're at a location, I'm like, you know, guys, I just, I just feel like something is right over here. I don't see it. I don't hear it, but there's just, I feel a mass over here. And then you bring out the SLS camera and boom, there's a stick figure there. There's nothing more rewarding than having my crazy backed up by technology. <laughs> yeah. The SOS camera really kind of blows my mind. I have no idea how that thing works. It's so cool. So my kids and my husband are all gamers. So I, I get how the Kinect works. It throws out all these little laser beams and it tries to map things it's hitting that are closer to it than the actual farthest point in the room and tries to map out whether it's a human or not. So remember the games when people had the Xbox Connect where it would map your whole body and you could, you know, move around and kids were actually getting exercise playing yeah, video yeah. games. Mm -hmm. So that's what it does. Now, I will say when I first got mine, I walked all, every inch of my house with it. I'm like, I'm going to find something. Now, it will map a coat tree that's about the height of a human being. And if it's got a coat on it, forget about it. It's going to think it's a human being. But when it picks up something where there's nothing there that even resembles a human form, it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it, it's weird. Every time I see it working for some reason, I'm like, it just looks like a little alien or something. Yeah. Well, it would be really cool if instead of mapping out a stick figure, it would like, like, like if you were filming yourself mm -hmm. and you would show up as you on there, if it would film what is actually causing this anomaly, you know, I I, I want to see the ghost. I don't want to see a stick figure, man. Come on. Where's that technology? <laughs> um, with the SOS, does, how do you tell the, di the distance and the size? You know, you've got to kind of play around with it to understand it and know where you're at. And usually when we're pointing it in a direction, there's one of our crew members actually in the shot as well. So if they're showing up, you know, only half the screen 
and there's an anomaly that's like taking up the full screen that would tell me that the the spirit is closer to the sls camera than the crew member who is showing up shorter Mm -hmm. and if it's like a teeny tiny anomaly either it's way farther out if it's a really large room or you don't know maybe it's a kid you don't know because sometimes you always look like midgets too you know we've rarely had any like teeny tiny stick figures show up on ours it's usually either as tall as we are or Mm -hmm. taller so you're mostly probably encountering humans yeah, I I, th- I think so. I think we've been lucky enough to capture a few. We were at a location in Virginia Beach. It's called Fairy Plantation. It was actually the first place I ever saw a full-bodied apparition with my crazy. And I went back like 10 years later and I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't see that full-bodied apparition again, but our SLS camera, I was standing in a doorway and it picked up an, an anomaly on both my right and my left-hand side. And it was weird because the evidence backed up the fact that I had two spirits specifically hanging out with me that night. The other spirits at this location told me that I had brought these spirits with me. So the really creepy thing, which I think creeped out my crew more than it did me, is it was my stick figure, one on either side, about the same height I was, and all of a sudden they both jumped into my body. I thought it was really cool. The crew was a little freaked out. Did you feel any different? Did you like um, change personalities? Nope, nope. I don't believe in possession. I think they probably just jumped behind me. Is all I can all I can gather because you know I didn't start. You know my head didn't spin around and I didn't start vomiting pea soup. So I think I was good. I hate it when people vomit pea soup on me. You know, it's the worst. It is bad. It sucks. And then <laughs> cleaning it up afterwards is even worse. Oh, yeah. Dry cleaning can't even get that shit out. <laughs> no. Um. So, so is any of this stuff in the book? Like, do, um, do, do, you, do you discuss the technology and, and the, the analytic analytical part of it and, um, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So what the book is, is it, like I told you, it it kind of helped me through my paranormal journey and and showed me this path that I've been on the whole time. But because I was so wrapped up in it, I didn't realize it was happening. So sorry. Um, But yeah, it's kind of a, a, a companion piece to oddity files, the TV show on Amazon prime. I take two investigations from beginning to end and it's a look inside my head. So if you've seen these episodes or even if you haven't, it's a look uh, at what's going on in my head and how I'm deducing what these spirits are trying to tell me and how I figure out that both of them have followed me home and still kind of hang out um, Mm -hmm. daily. And then I go into several other investigations where they were just huge for me personally as a paranormal investigator and my, you know, career doing this, how it changed, how I thought about the paranormal, 
how these spirits taught me, like I said, how to investigate, how they taught me to use empathy and how they taught me how to treat them like they are people. Um, when you do an investigation and, and you're, you're kind of tuning in to like that empathetic side of yourself and, um, you know, and you're walking around the house, how does it feel for you? Like when you're drawn to a certain area or to a certain room, like, like, do you feel like a magnetic pull? Is it just a, a thought um, or do you actually see something? All of the above. It's different. Every location we're at, like sometimes I literally feel like something that isn't there is pulling me in a direction and I just kind of go with it. And sometimes it's, weird thoughts pop in my head that there was no train of thought to get there. It's just, boom, you need to go where the pool table is or <clears throat> dude, I'm so sorry. It's, sorry. It's pretty cool. Um, and you know, it, it varies from location to location. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it just varies from spirit to spirit. I, I think they all just have different ways they communicate just like, you know, real people do. You have somebody with anxiety who's just mm -hmm. going to pull you along. They don't want to say anything to you. Or you have somebody who's, you know, very outgoing and, and they're going to, you know, scream to you in your head and say, no, you need to go here. And some of them wait and use the equipment. And sometimes it takes me asking, where should we go next into the odd box? And then they will tell us. So it's different in every situation. Um. Have you ever been like led to like a, a location when you're doing an investigation? It's sort of like out of the ordinary, like it's like a closet or like, you know, like in the basement behind a heater or under a stairwell or just some off the wall place where you wouldn't really think there would be something there. Yes, actually, that place I was talking to you about with the really weird like dot on the floor that kind of crawled up the wall and. Mm -hmm out the little crack in the door there was a closet there that just felt i don't want to say evil but felt super chaotic if that makes any sense and yeah. i was drawn to it i needed to know why because every location doesn't have that feel doesn't have that vibration to mm -hmm. it so i wanted to figure out why i felt like that in that closet so you know, every location is different. Nine times out of 10, it's not a closet unless, you know, something, I think it's usually like if something terrible happened in that closet, you're going to get really thick energy in that mm -hmm. closet. And you're going to want to know more about it. But uh, more often than not, I just kind of, I try to be so open-minded in these places. And even if I feel like I get a pull to a certain location, I'm always worried they're trying to pull me away from what's going on where I'm already at. So I try to linger a little bit. And if the feeling goes away, I'll just know, you know, that it was just a passing thought. But if it, if it sticks in your craw, like this one closet, did, I mean, I sat in that closet by myself for hours. It felt like nothing really bad happened. We did have a psychic medium with us on that location. And she's like, no, there was somebody that was mentally challenged that was kept in that closet, which, you know, after I had done my investigation of it, she came out and said that I'm like, oh, God, that makes all the sense in the world. Interesting. You know, if I were to feel like 
a chaotic feeling from a closet, the first thing that pops into my into my mind is like my wife's closet because it is chaos. <laughs> Wow, and and she's too, I'm not gonna lie. And, and she's completely attached to everything in there. <laughs> I feel that in my soul, man. I've got <laughs> shoes from the nineties I can't get rid of. <laughs> so so it is it's kind of um funny. Like, you know, I think when when we're when you're drawn to something like that, you know, we're usually always thinking about like maybe like a darker thing, like, oh yes, yeah, we got locked in this closet or something like that. When it could be something really ordinary. Right. Right. Now I've never been called to a closet because of pe- bad wardrobe choice. So <laughs> at least not that I know of. Uh, yeah. You don't want to make the wrong choice on clothes, I guess. <laughs> Although probably all my choices on clothes are bad. Oh, you need to talk to your wife more about that then. She'll yeah. fix you up. Yeah, yeah, she does most of my clothes shopping. I don't do it. <laughs> she won't let me do it. Yeah, that's probably a good call for most men. Yeah, I would be I would be dressed like Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh my God, I would pay to see that. Purple velvet suit. <laughs> Love would, it. That would be me. <laughs> um... So, with these spirits, uh, and, and doing the paranormal investigation, and I, mean, and I know too that you talk to a lot of different people as well. How how does it affect your spiritual beliefs? Um, it's it's given me hope in the way of spiritual beliefs that there is more than just what we have here on earth, which at this point in everybody's lives, I think is a good thing. Um, I grew up devout Lutheran and was very disappointed by some of the clergy at there because of terrible things happened to children. So I kind of gave up on all that stuff. And I just kind of believe that if you're, if you're a good person, good things will happen to you, which Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody should feel that way. So, and it's, it's proven correct in my paranormal investigating, you know, being polite to the ghosts when it's warranted. And, you know, I mean, I still run into that asshole ghost and I have to pull out the mommy voice and I'm like, you know, chill out, dude. I'm, I'm not here for that. And nine times out of de- 10, they chill out and we have a real conversation. So, I mean, it, I can't say it enough. If people were to treat these spirits like they want to be treated. And I, I would normally say mm. how you would treat another human being. But again, it is 2020 and people kind of suck. Mm. So <laughs> if you would treat these spirits how you would want somebody to treat you, I, I think people would be blown away with the evidence they would receive in return. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do that. I believe that as well. Uh, one thing that I have discovered since um, doing the podcast and, and talking to people from so many different beliefs, um, it's opened up a lot of doors. Like I, I almost feel like, uh, <clears throat> if, if somebody can believe something, there has to be possibilities in all these different beliefs. Oh, 
absolutely. And here's the thing too. I don't want to believe bring any religion into investigation. What if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, preaching Christianity and this ghost's Jewish or Buddhist or anything like that? So I, I don't think it's the best thing to go in, you know, showing off your religious beliefs. I think it's good to just kind of go in with an open mind and a, a, a good heart and yeah you don't want to piss off the spirit world so <laughs> yeah um do, do you ever worry about uh demonic entities no i don't i've been doing this for a long time and i have never run into a demonic entity i've run into al capone's hitman who was scary <laughs> but he wasn't a demon um he's probably the scariest guy i've ever run into and he liked me so (laughs) there's that um no i really don't you know i've been to a couple places that were known for it their demonic activity and what was there a twinge of what if absolutely um because you know, it, it might be kind of scary if I've been touting demons aren't at every location. And then I run into one. They're like, bitch, let me show you something, you know, <laughs> but I haven't. And I, I've gone to some pretty scary places that had some pretty scary legends and lores to them. And I walk in and I'm pleasantly surprised. But I, I do go into these locations surrounding myself with love light peace and positivity and i think it it makes a difference and that i guess that's my spiritualism right there is you know trying to keep positive trying to keep you know love in my heart and positivity in my heart and it's paid off so far um so what's your take then on people that um have experiences like where they're being scratched or or hit, or, you know, pushed. Are, 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 are those people just, you know, is it happening to them because they're, they're, they're making the spirit angry? I, I don't know that it's really happening, man. I think a lot of people are attention seekers. And unless I see somebody standing in a room for 30 minutes straight with their arms outstretched and not touching their body in any way, shape, or form, and then a scratch happens... I might believe it, but I have never seen anybody scratch. I have, I take that back. I've had one, we had a, a guest investigator at a jail who had a really weird scratch on him, but it, it, it stopped. It was just the one time and it's never happened again. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think it happens nearly as often as people say it does. I don't think that, I think when people feel like they're being pushed, they need to look at the ground they're walking on and make sure it's level and things like that. I think a lot of, I'm going to piss some people off here, but I think a lot of investigators are looking for that limelight, looking for those clicks, looking for those hits. And that's, what's going to get it. It is. I mean, my love, light, peace and positivity, people aren't knocking down the door for it. They're not, but for demons and scratches and, you know, being pushed down the stairs, people are there for that. Um, <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to ask. I just went blank. Oh, sorry. Um, 
Did I shock you with my answer? Not really. No, I kind of knew that would be your answer. It, <clears throat> it's just interesting, um, you know, the attention seeker idea. You know, it, 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 might, you know, it reminds me of like these uh, blurry pictures of Bigfoot. But I love me some Bigfoot pictures. I know. Me I don't too. want to talk about these scratches somebody got at this location. But you show me a blurry Bigfoot picture, and I'm like, dude, I see it. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that's where I draw the line. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I I can waste an entire day looking at Bigfoot pictures. Same. I try not to fall down that rabbit hole just because it's so magical. Yeah, I've done quite a few Bigfoot interviews since I started the podcast. I've been lucky with getting some good guests on that topic. There are some interesting fellers out there who are Bigfoot hunters. Don't get me wrong. You still have your attention seekers and your batshit crazy fuckers out there, mm -hmm. too. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's in any little niche like this. You know, you get that one picture that that one guy's showing you at the Bigfoot conference down in Kentucky and you're like, holy shit, man, is that an Ewok or is that a baby Bigfoot? I'm not even sure at this point. Do you think Bigfoot could be a ghost? You know, there are so many theories like that, that, that he can. I, the most almost down to earth explanation for Bigfoot other than. He's been social distancing longer than anybody else out there, which I get because I hate people too, man. But that he's interdimensional. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? That he finds portals and can go in and out. Hmm. So I had interviewed this guy, um, Ron Moorhead. And the person who wrote the forward to his book actually was Bob Gilland from, uh, you know, the Patterson Bob Gilland video. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he wrote a whole book on, on quantum Bigfoot and how he believes that that Bigfoot is probably interdimensional. It, it almost makes sense, though. There's nobody's that good at hide and seek. You know what I'm saying? Just saying. So and then there's the. The reports at Skinwalker Ranch, I think it was a couple people have said that they've actually seen Bigfoot open up a portal and walk through it to like a different landscape. Now, these people may be crazy. These people may be attention seekers, but there was more than one. So it almost puts a little bit of validity to it. And honestly, it's the most fun theory there is. It is. It is. And Skinwalker Ranch is another weird place. And especially the fact that he was even owned by Bob Bigelow is kind of strange. Um, I was fortunate enough to to meet the new unnamed owner of Skinwalker Well, he's not Ranch. unnamed now. <laughs> oh, he's not? Well, when no. I met him, he was, don't yeah, tell anybody my name. Yeah, he's a real estate but, um, agent guy, right? I forget. I'm sorry? I, he's a real estate guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget he's his name, nice but, but he was on the Skinwalker Ranch TV show. That's right, because I was trying to get into Skinwalker Ranch when I met him. You know, I just meet this guy. I'm like, oh, by the way, paranormal, blah, 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 blah. He's like... What what network was that on? Was it Annie? Um, I think it was probably it was probably the Travel Channel. Okay, because 
He's like, well, you know, somebody, whatever network it was, just leased the property out for a year for TV show. I'm like, son of a gun. But yeah, so, so much weird going on there. Is it ley lines? Is it energy under the ground? Is it a portal to the center of the earth? We don't know, but we want answers, don't we? Yeah. So, so let me give you a hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. If, if you could go to Skinwalker Ranch and investigate it, how would you do it? Where would you start? It's so huge. I don't even know. You know, I don't, I, I kind of just want to go there to see what, going back to the vibration thing, just mm-hmm. to see what the vibes are there. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of buildings on it. No. And I'm a, I hate investigating outside because one, people scare me and I don't trust anybody not to just show up out of nowhere and kill me. Um, but it's just so vast and you know animals can make a sound like i live in the middle of a state forest and sometimes i walk outside my house and i'm like i don't know what that sound was but i'm scared now and going back inside so (laughs) i'd rather investigate any building no matter how terrifying than the wide open space of utah It wouldn't bother me. I, I would definitely do it. Uh, I think too with Skinwalker Ranch, and, and actually after after watching that show, that there's probably something buried underneath of it. Who do you think it's a UFO? Yeah, I think so. <gasps> and I think that's why Big Lil was involved. In fact, there's a lot of evidence that that the UFOs that the government has in his possession were actually dug up from in archaeological archaeological digs rather than crashes. Hmm. So they've been there thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Oh, that's terrifying, but really cool at the same time. Nothing scares me like aliens. Really? I love Bigfoot. I love cryptids, except for the rake. Um, but aliens, man, I don't know. There could just be so many of them out there. I've seen some movies. They can take over our entire planet. But they haven't. Yet. What is <laughs> <laughs> the possibility that they created our planet? True. True. And if that's the case, then we've all got something to believe in. <laughs> yeah. Um, cryptids. What do you think of Dogman? I think he's out there. Actually, my daughter was dating a feller for several years who thinks he heard him down in Kentucky in uh, River Gorge area. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I don't think Levi would lie to me, man. He's he's a Bigfoot enthusiast as well, but he seriously thinks he heard Dogman out in River Gorge in Kentucky. Hmm. The Dogman is, like, huge, like, where I'm at in Alabama, like, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. And I interviewed a, a Bigfoot guy from down here, and he came up with a really good theory. I mean, a lot of people won't like it because it's not exciting of what Dogman is. He's a kangaroo. Oh. Because there are a lot of people here, believe it or not, that have kangaroos as pets. And it might be what? possible that these kangaroos have escaped and are are still are mating in the wild down here in the south. Maybe they had to grow some like longer fur so it looks like a little bit more. I mean that that could almost make sense. And kangaroos are kind of aggressive and they chase after cars. They're scary. They will punch you in the face. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to mess with a roo. 
<laughs> but yet people here have them as pets. I, I've met people with You're them. You're kidding me. No. Oh, my gosh. I've always wanted a koala bear, but I, I hear they all have chlamydia, so I don't want one anymore. No. And they're all stoned. I, I actually got to meet one, and I'd heard that rumor that, like, eucalyptus is like their pot and they're just always stoned and you look these little guys in the eye they are legit stoned there is and they move so slow not like soft sloth slow but they move so slow and so like you, you, you just hear them talking in the head going dude i just want to touch your hair and maybe touch your face and i'm like no i don't want your chlamydia back up buddy actually being stoned and having chlamydia sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, you might want to cut that out later. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, people are used to my uh, venereal disease jokes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so yeah, cryptids, I'm obsessed with them. Uh, like I said, the only one that really scares me is the rake just because it moves so freaky. And people say that it was created on the Internet. It was not. It goes back to like the 1600s. People had spotted them. Native Americans had spotted them. So don't buy into that story that the rake was created on the Internet. Zozo was created on the Internet. The rake, <laughs> not so much. But it's. Then there's the Dover demon who was spotted over 24 hours by three people in Dover, Massachusetts. I think it was the 60s and mm -hmm. never seen again. But you look at pictures of this little guy. He is a baby rake and he is the cutest little cryptid you will ever see in your life. So I'm torn with the rake. Hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a possibility for a rake. Oh my God, just as long as I don't have to see one, I would literally pee my pants. I mean, again, you don't hear of any rake maimings or murders mm -hmm. or anything like that on the major news networks, but they're still freaking terrifying. How about lake monsters like Lake Champagne? Champ. I want to meet all the Nessies and the Tessies and the Wessies. And yes, yes. I actually. So I'm a huge Mysteries at the Museum addict. I don't know if you've ever watched that show. Yeah, I've watched it. The very sexy Don Wildman. But um, what do you think about the Michigan Triangle? I was just watching about the 1950s, I think it was, mm -hmm. airplane that just disappeared. The luggage showed up on shore. The airline blankets showed up on shore, but they still haven't found the plane in the lake. And I'm going to add this little 2020 aspect of it. Early in the year, Lake Michigan was so calm that from the air, you could see almost every shipwreck in that lake. But there was no airplane. It's gone. About. Mm -hmm. Went to another dimension. I, they're hanging out with Bigfoot, man. They could be. Uh, who's lucky. That, what was the other? But the Earnhardt one, they never found. Can't remember her first. Oh, Amelia. Name. Yeah, Amelia. That was the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there's a there's an Alaskan triangle. There's the Bridgewater triangle. There's more triangles than I was told as a child. Yeah. You know, I wish they'd have told me more about the triangles instead of quicksand, because quicksand really isn't an issue for me in my life. But triangles are terrifying. Yeah, Massachusetts triangle. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. I think the Bermuda Triangle, I, th- I think there's a base under there near Altec. They're, pr- they're guarding something. Under the water? Yeah. yeah. I, actually have, I, I actually have a friend who's at Altec now. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a subcontractor. And, and one morning I woke up and there was a picture on my phone of a UFO that he had sent me. And Get I have, out. And I haven't heard from him again since. Oh, you just kind of fired and killed and abducted all in one moment. I know. It, it. It's, I'm probably going to end up doing that to myself anyway. Yeah, this, you with probably shouldn't talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> cut but, that out. But there's something there. I don't cut anything out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I think I had an episode deleted by the FBI. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I was I was interviewing somebody, and uh, and I never have technical problems, and, mm-hmm. and and I was cutting in and out on Zoom, and uh, normally like Zoom just saves the files and I put them all together and I'm okay, yeah. and the files were there, but they were empty. <laughs> wow. And, and, and this guy, basically. He, he, it was kind of weird. It was a mob episode. He was uh, the son of a famous mobster. Oh, and, love and, that and, shit. And, and he told me in, in a roundabout way what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. And you probably shouldn't repeat it. But you can send me an email no. later. <laughs> no, he, he, Jimmy Hoffa was never killed. He, he just was... Mm. He just uh, was being protected by the government. Uh, well, I mean, we kind of knew that, didn't we? I think so. It's, it's not as exciting as being buried in the Meadowlands, but... Right. I well, love that mob stuff. So good. So yeah. entertaining. Yeah, he was a good guest. He was he was actually the uh, the villain in Superman 2. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was in, the villain in Superman 2. And he was the cab driver in the movie Dragnet with Tom Hanks. Oh, I love it. And he was the guy that they made the movie Rocky after. Apparently, Sylvester Stallone stole his story. Oh, snap. He's had a, an eventful life, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently he's getting a sh- he's written a show for Showtime. So cool. Yeah. So... If they want to delete my episodes, they will. Yeah, I mean, I, apparently I haven't talked about anything on my podcast that's of any importance because mine are all still up there. They are? <laughs> as far as I know. Even the Miss Murder podcasts? Miss Murder podcasts, yes. Um, yeah, we're actually putting that on a permanent hiatus right now. You, This is a scoop, oh, no. man. I haven't told anybody this. I, I was, it's just too much for me. It really is. I was putting out, you know, oddity files once a week. And when we would record Miss Murder podcasts, we'd record up to three per sitting. So that's writing three stories 
editing three stories, well, researching, which is the longest part of it, and then, you know, recording and then editing. So, and that one was tough to edit because, you know, you had to keep in enough humor to keep it lighthearted, mm -hmm. but you don't want too much snark in it because it's such a sensitive topic. So it's, it's not gone per se, but it is definitely on a permanent hiatus as of last week. I reached out to Heather and I'm like, girl, I can't do it anymore. I'm so sorry. Sad. I'm breathing now. I'm sorry. It so, was fun. It really was. It was just, you know, you just got to know your limits. And I exceeded mine in 2020. <laughs> I think everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. I had illusions of grandeur, if you will. I'm like, well, I've got all this time. And then I filled all that time and burned myself out. It's true. It can happen. So during your Miss Murder podcast, who was your favorite murderess? And I hate to call her my favorite, you gotta have but a the fave. story is just so bonkers, so sadistic, and there's sex and there's violence and there's, you know, a guy who's kind of dumb and does everything his his wife wants but rosemary west from england it, i'm obsessed with her and i don't know why i think it's because most female killers are killing for the insurance money killing mm -hmm. because their their man cheated on them killing their kids because you know postpartum they're it's not random usually like it is with your Bundy's and your Ed Gein's and things like that. But Rosemary was so sadistic, so evil and random, but yet killed her own children. I don't know. I'm just, she had a messed up childhood and actually her mother was going through depression when she was pregnant with her. And they did shock therapy on her mom up until a week before Rosemary was born. Bad idea. Huge mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrible doctor. Because that's how you get a serial killer, apparently. <laughs> I never even heard of her. I'd have to look her up. Yeah, there's several, you know, ID network stories about her but if you go to amazon prime there is a tv show that's based on her husband and why i don't think it was so much him as it was her just being an evil evil manipulator it's called appropriate adult it's a british like three-part series and very well done. I guess when he took the rap for everything because he loved her so much and because she told him to pretty much, but he, he wasn't right in the head either. And mm -hmm. I mean, accidents, everything fucked up childhood, you know, the perfect storm. And he was slow, you know, like all, all the tools weren't in the shed for lack of a better term. <laughs> 
And um, I almost feel bad for him after watching that. So yeah, it's called Appropriate Adult. I think it was a BBC thing, but it's free on like Amazon Prime. My wife would watch that with me probably. Oh yeah, I bet she would. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know she's more into women killing their husbands. Yeah, she doesn't kill him. Yeah, my, 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 my <laughs> wife, wife, my wife likes the ending where the woman kills the husband for some reason. Well, you might want to have that looked at, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, that could be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Has she asked you to sign any life insurance policies? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I'd hide, run, and hide. If I go and missing, do not tell her how to get in touch with me. If I go missing, you're gonna have to come down here and do a paranormal investigation in Alabama <laughs> to find me. Well, I mean, we'll know who did it at that point. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for. Her. She married me. <laughs> Some oh, guy who shit. makes orange juice and does podcasts. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> hey, at least life's not having, handing you lemons. It's handing you orange juice. I yeah. mean, oranges. Yeah. The only thing I like lemon on is like, I like it on fish. I just squeeze a little lemon on it. It's good. I don't like a lot of fish because it kind of tastes fishy. I'm all about some, you know, uh, crab or some mm -hmm. lobster. Um, anything, you know, that you can get readily in New England. I am all about that. Is that where you're at? Oh, no, I'm in Indiana, but I'm obsessed with oh. Boston and Martha's Vineyard. And I just love it out there so much. They do have good shell shell seafood up there. I'm from New, mm. I'm originally from New Jersey. So I thought I heard an East Coast accent in there. But, but down talking down. about being from Alabama, I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> I live here. For how long? Uh, three years. Wow. So you're just new there. Sort of. I don't hear any southern drawl whatsoever. Uh, it, See, I've been in southern Indiana for like 15 years so you don't even hear the chicago in my voice anymore unless yeah. i say chicago my boss is from chicago yeah yeah i'll, I'll never I'll, I'll never i'll never have the southern draw i don't have it eh, give it time it just happens no. whether you want it to or not no, i may throw out a y'all once in a while but that's just laziness right <laughs> just, i don't have to exactly. say two words yeah. Well, I started calling pop soda, so you know it's the southern has sunk in at this point. <laughs> but down here, like, yeah, the fish, they're really big on seafood here around the Gulf. Oh, yeah. How did I get on that subject? You know, you're talking to me. I have ADHD, so you're welcome. <laughs> um... So are you going to do any more seasons of The Oddity Files? The Oddity Files, as it stands, um, come to find out, as I was writing my book, it was also a farewell to Oddity Files, the crew, as everybody's come to love, which is myself, Clayton, and my son, Carter. Clayton has 
gone on to do things that he needs to do. I mean, I, I can't expect to keep him here under my wing and make him go to dark place, dark and creepy places with me mm-hmm. on the regular. And I think Carter, my son, once Clayton was out, he's like, yep, mom, I'm done. So he saw it as his out. <laughs> and that's, that's good. You know, I don't want to hold either one of them back. They're uh-huh. great guys. But we had a great run. We really did. We we went to some amazing places all over the world and talked to some dead people who told us some amazing stories. So I can't ask for anything better than that. For me personally, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what my next stack step is. You know, I like I told you at the beginning of this, I grew up terrified of this stuff. And I mean, I was in my 30s before I even thought about looking into it and finding out that it's not scary. So I think my calling at this point is helping people that are maybe going through some hauntings that are scared. You know, I'm assuming they probably think it's demons and I can you know, maybe help them and tell them, no, it's not demons. And maybe be like the go between because... Mm-hmm. These spirits wouldn't be making themselves known to these people unless they were trying to communicate. So I think my next step is to help people communicate with whoever or whatever may be haunting their house or their place of business. I've actually been to a friend's house recently and helped her talk to her son who passed earlier in the year who was never able to speak when he was alive, but she got to hear his voice for the first time through my odd box and my spirit box. And it wasn't like it was, you know, we heard it twice and that was it. We heard it over and over and not a single radio station came over. It was probably the most beautiful thing I was ever witness to in my life. And I knew this young man mm-hmm. as well. So it was, it was very emotional. And, you know, I guess it's time I, I, I take the badass out of Kitsy and, and show herself a little empathy and, and have a little feelings here and there. And I think that's kind of the way I want to go with things. Hmm. Is, is this just going to be an occupation or are you going to try to maybe do another book or a show or, um, just make it as a part of your podcast. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm just going to run with it and see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love, you know, for some production company to come knocking on my door saying, Hey, let us film you doing this. But when my cameraman both left, <laughs> it's not like I can film it on my own. So, you know, I, I'll definitely have some great stories to tell. So maybe that is the next book. And I'm sure I'll talk about it on the podcast, Oddity Files, um, as often as Nick will let me. And it's just, I have an investigation next week with one of my very best friends who she's open to the paranormal and she senses things as well. But all of a sudden, out of the blue, she has one of those touch lamps. Mm-hmm that something's answering her questions with turning it on and turning it off. So this is kind of the shit I'm living for right now. And you know what? They have working bathrooms. These houses have heat and air conditioning and Mm. comfortable furniture. You like that kind of stuff? (laughs) Yeah, I do miss that shit. (laughs) I can live without those things. 
Oh, I need it. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting up there, man. I need a soft couch under my ass. Uh, I can probably live in the bush, but my wife won't go for it. No, no. We, we like the finer things in life. Yeah, I get that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm still going to keep going with the Oddity Files podcast, of course. The Get Scared podcast is a neat little thing I do. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. No, but I haven't listened to that one yet. Oh, it's so fun. So they're all stories. They're all uh, written by independent horror authors and they're short stories and they're submitted and I just kind of read them with a little bit of creepy vibe and some creepy music underlying it all. And it's a way to showcase these authors that normally wouldn't have a, a chance to get out there in front of people's ears, I guess, because it's a podcast, but it's been a lot of fun. Like this week, actually today I put up an episode called playing Santa and it's a, a horror Christmas story, which is, there's nothing more fun than that. No, definitely not. That's interesting. I have a friend who does a lot of short story horror. Maybe I'll ask him if he wants to submit something to you. Oh, always looking for new authors. So pretty pleased with Sugar on Top. Yeah, it's a Get Scared podcast. It's, you know, all the places where where you listen. So have him give, give it a listen because I've got an intro that explains where he can submit his story if he's interested. <laughs> Yeah, we're all about those intros and outros, aren't we? You know, I'm always worried I'm going to forget something. So that way I've got my bases covered. Yeah, I even had somebody else record mine. Because I had mine of my own voice for a while. And it didn't really work. Oh. And, uh, and then uh, somebody in Australia offered, a tra I traded some guests for the intro and outro, basically. Oh, that's perfect. Plus, then you have that sexy accent. Mm -hmm. Because while kangaroos and koala bears are terrifying, they have one hell of a gorgeous accent down there. They do. It's amazing. But no ruse being mistaken for dog man. Yeah. Down that, here. That's something I had never heard before. Yeah, it and makes it, it, sense. It might have, it might have some, some oomph <laughs> behind it. Not going to lie. Yeah, that's great. Um, so where can my uh, listeners find you? So I, I did one of these really cool things. It's called flow.page slash Kitsy Duncan. And it's K-I-T-S-I-E-D-U-N-C-A-N. And you, you go there and it has a list of like all my social networking sites where you can watch Oddity Files, the TV show, where you can listen to the podcasts where you can buy the book or where you can find my Patreon page. So yeah, it's flow.page slash Kitsy Duncan and all, everything's there. All right. So you'll have to email me that link and I'll put it in notes of this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great. And um, how about the book? Is it on Amazon? It is. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's also available in Kindle on Amazon at well, as well. And it's called I'd Rather Talk to Dead People. So, I mean, it's my motto in life. If, if your listeners haven't figured that out since the beginning of this episode, <laughs> that I'd rather talk to dead people than people that are breathing. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's funny because you'll search it on Amazon and sometimes you'll get like this old school phone pop up mm -hmm. with like the little number pad on it. And I'm all like, do, do they think I really want to call the dad when I'm searching for this or what's going on here? <laughs> and, um, and, and still, are, are, are the reruns of the, the episodes still on Amazon too for people to yep. watch the seasons? Those are all up there forever and ever and ever, ever. And actually, I just added season one of What's on Prime to um, our YouTube page. So I'm going to start adding the rest of the seasons because, you know, all three seasons have been out for a couple of years at this point. Mm -hmm. So I figured I'd make them available on YouTube as well. So if you go to Oddity Files Crew on YouTube, you can now watch season one on there as well. Yeah. Oh, so you'll have to send me all these links so I can put them in the notes because I'm not going to remember. Sure. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Well, thanks again for uh, taking the time to be on. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah, I'm always here. Looking awesome. For guests. Thank you so much. And, you know, keep one eye open and don't sign any more insurance policies if your wife asks. Yeah, I'm a goner. <laughs> You're dead, man. Yeah, yeah. She, she didn't want the orange juice making podcasting husband. She just wants more room for more shoes. Yeah. More money for shoes. <laughs> you know, I can't falter for that whatsoever. I mean, does it get any worse than, you know, making orange juice and podcasting and living in Alabama? You know, that's somebody that's somebody out there. That's their dream, man. It was my you dream. You were living somebody's dream. It's just <laughs> not your wife's dream. <laughs> Uh, she puts up with me for some reason. I'm sure you're adorable. I don't know. I'm getting old. Same. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to play this outro that I completely copied from you. <laughs> we'll yes, wrap please. this up. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.